0: Joe, I can't believe I didn't send you... Well, I was going to send you a happy birthday wish singing as a Dr. Frankenfurter from Rocky Horror Picture Show is done by Tim Curry, but when I tried it a couple times, it just sounded like, what if William Shatner did a happy birthday, Mr. President, a la Marilyn Monroe, and it sounded very bizarre to me. So I didn't, so you missed out but uh, happy birthday, my man. Um, I hope you live many more and double or triple what your your age is now. I don't remember what it is, honestly. Um, but, uh, yeah, cool stuff, and happy gaming.
1: You say that I was the one that missed out on the William Shatner doing Marilyn Monroe birthday song, Carl. But I say... The world missed out. <laughs> Dude, I'm just picturing William Shatner, very mournful and wistful, doing Marilyn Monroe, and I am absolutely loving it. Hello, everybody. Hello. Another episode. Uh Played some Wrath of the Righteous, so I want to talk about that. I got some awesome calls from Carl and Jason. They can argue with each other. It's dope. Uh They don't. Well... It's not really an argument. It's one person is proving the other person was wrong and saying that they were wrong. Yeah, parse that out. And I got a little balcony cast to kick it off with. Yeah, just a little, little call from the balcony. So let's get into that. Yeah, It's a beautiful day, man. The sun is out, the birds are calling, the crows, they got they got it pretty much surrounded right now. They're in a couple different spots, so it's pretty sweet. I'm just hanging out on my balcony, listening to them call to each other and say what's up. And every now and then, they fly close enough to me where I can hear them flying, I can hear their wings flap, and that's awesome. Uh, yeah, crows are the coolest, man. I wish my spirit animal would have been a crow, but I'm cool with the whale. (laughs) I'm totally cool with the whale. Um, I'll write a story about a crow and a whale. I bet there is one. I bet there's a Pacific Northwestern-y native story about a crow and a whale. I'm going to find out. Anyway, it's, uh couple hours before the third session of Wrath of the Righteous, getting ready for that. And I I had like zero prep to do for this session because I'm done. I'm As far as what's going on on Roll20, I am totally done with book one. And I've started, I've even started on book two, which we're not going to get to book two f- until like this summer, so... It's it's awesome, man. I'm still chugging along, making progress. I can't wait to get start really getting into this thing. Ooh, it gets it it's, it gets tough, man. It gets really really tough. So I'm I'm very curious to see how how it progresses if this group can manage. It's a solid group. It's I mean, I'm talking about the characters, the people are amazing. But even as far as the characters go, it's a very, very solid group. They should have a good chance. But, yeah, it gets really, really... <laughs> I'm just reading some of these encounters that they talk about towards the end of book one and then book two. And it's like, all right. <laughs> if you say so. So, yeah, it's. I can't wait. I'm still... Totally excited about this campaign. This will be... After this session, we're going to go back to the every other week. So we won't be playing again till towards the end of February. Um, But that's cool. That'll just give me more time to get further things better set up for the second book. So we can just keep the momentum going. Because that's what kills... I've I've seen in my experience, that's what kills these big long campaigns is like a big break. It's when the momentum stops and it's hard to keep the momentum all the time. But, you know, I think playing every other week helps. Maybe it's it balances. It's on that knife's edge. Right. Of does it help or does it hinder? Because it keeps everyone sort of anticipating like, oh, I can't wait to play again. I wish it wasn't for so long. But then if you miss a week and then it's like a month before you play again, that's when things start getting dicey. So hopefully we're going to be able to make that, uh, you know, make sure that kind of thing doesn't happen. We have enough players where if just one person's going to miss, I think everyone's of the agreement that uh it's okay to play and just kind of sort of fade their character more or less into the background I think that's what we decided on but we'll figure that out if and when the time arises but yeah I just thought I'd get out here on the balcony the sun it like I said it's just a really really lovely day and I was just hanging with the crows I was hoping uh hoping they'd come around a little more while I was recording but there were a lot of cars so I think the cars scared them off like these two buddies in this pine tree over in my neighbor's yard, there are a couple hanging out in there, they're the ones that have been flying by not in a mean way just saying what's up Um, then there's a few perched up in this big tall tree across the street uh, to my what would that be, southwest and then there's another one a big tall pine tree on the other side other corner across the street northwest yeah that's that's <laughs> that's the crowcast for today uh, i'll probably record a bit after the session so i will see you all in the future Yeah, we finished the third session of Wrath of the Righteous earlier today, and it was another awesome one. I mean, I imagine I'm going to say that every time just because I love this group. But, you know, it was really a, a really fun one. They they got some cool stuff done. So, you know, like I said, when, when we last left our heroes, um, and as always, there'll be some spoilers here, so, you know, do what you will with it, but they had come across this large underground chamber with all this bioluminescent fungus growing on the wall and mold and stuff. And in the center of this huge, massive underground cavern, there was this collapsed uh, watchtower. And on top of the watchtower, there was some strange figures that were hooting in an unknown language. And that's where we left Session 2. So Session 3 kicked off with the party finding out that uh these are these are mongrel men descendants descendants of the first crusaders uh whose parents were infused with demonic energy and shunned by their community and forced underground so basically they're like chud uh but cool <laughs> they 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 don't well it will get anyway so They end up, they find out that one of their companions is trapped under this rubble. party works together. I tell them that there's a couple different ways to do it. They decide to go the brute force route, and they eventually succeed. And right then, I had determined that this was the third session in a campaign about killing demons and fighting demons, and they hadn't fought any demons yet. So I determined uh, that they're going to fight a goddamn demon. So I threw a demon at him, the lowest kind, a lowly dretch. Uh, but the dretch does have cool two cool abilities. Uh, first, they have their stinking cloud abilities. So they can raise a noxious miasma that uh, blocks vision and can nauseate. Which in Pathfinder nos- being nauseated sucks. Because it means all you can do is a single move action each round. And that is a bummer. Uh The dretch got that ability off. Boom! And it ended up working out pretty well. It took three of the characters basically out of the fight because they were nauseated. They failed their initial saving throw, so you're nauseated then. And then when you come out of the cloud, you're nauseated for an additional D4 plus one rounds. And they rolled like two or three rounds, and the fight didn't take that long because after all, when it's like six on one... Yeah, (laughs) so the other cool ability that the Dretch has that he didn't get to use was the chance to summon another one of his own kind. So if he would have got that off, there could have been two Dretches and then that would have changed the game a little bit. But the little demon did get in some licks. He got in some solid licks. Yeah, so they made friends with the mongrel folks, the first defenders, and uh, started traveling to their to their village, which is basically on the edge of the edge of the surface. Once they get there, they're, ha- they're pretty much home free. They just have to fight their way through a bunch of bad guys. <laughs> and it was an awesome session. They did some other stuff in between that, obviously. And then at the end of the session, they made it to Demongrelmen's home village, Neath home. And the party put together, uh, the paladin actually Patty put together that the copper brooch they found at the very first in the very first session, the small copper brooch of little frogs sitting on a little mushroom is adorable, uh, that it was somehow connected with these people. And it turned out to be the chief son's brooch. And the fact that they found this brooch and the son was not around is kind of bad news with all the shit going down. So, the Chief was very sad chief soul uh <laughs> the adventure gives an amazing picture of this dude. if I'm smart and clever, I will use that picture as the thumbnail for this episode, but I don't know if I'm either one of those things, so we'll see but so he got all wistful and said, "You know, who basically told him once he found once Chief Soul found out that there were demons up top, he's like it's our time it's our time down here right he pulled the goonies speech but not quite i didn't pull that off at all because i didn't think about doing that until right now (laughs) but so he talked about how he was going to rally up the mongrel men uh to come up and act as allies to the surface dwellers but the party needed to spread the word to whoever is on the surface still alive and in charge of any resistance so when the mongrel men do come up because they are weird looking right they're all deformed some of them have horns some of them have claws some of them are covered in hair um to let the people know that they're allies and so the party agreed to do this and he said okay to get to the surface there is a group of bad guys They are bad mongrel men. They are traitors, and they're working with cultists. So go get them. That's how you get out. By the way, if you do that, there's a reward in it for you. And also, here's a reward for bringing back my son. Bring me back my son! Uh, He pulls out this, (laughs) and I found an awesome picture. Uh, It's basically this giant fuck off hammer that's made from a spiky ass demon skull coated in cold iron and put on the end of a haft uh and he gave that to patty and it's called skull hammer because sometimes a name just needs to be a name (laughs) sometimes there's poetry and simplicity and the party leveled up they got to second level by one Second level in Pathfinder on the medium track is 2,000 experience points. I believe the party now has 2,001 experience points. So yeah, uh, Paladins get a lot tougher at second level because they get to start adding their Charisma modifier to all their saving throws and they get Lay on Hands, which they can heal themselves now as a swift action for 1d6. So they can move, hit, And then heal themselves in whatever order you want to do that in a few times a day. And that's really helpful. Everybody else gets awesome stuff too. The Bard gets good stuff. The Monk gets good stuff. The Oracle gets good stuff. But yeah, Paladins are just... (laughs) They're tough, man. They are absolutely tough, but it was an awesome session. The group is super fun. I'm excited for next session because we'll start off the session. I told everybody to level up because they're going to sleep uh, in this village. But before we do that, we're going to play out the feast that Chief Saul is throwing for the party uh, You know, to get them pumped and to thank them for bringing this little trinket that's all he has left of his son and for saving the dude that was trapped in the rocks so chief soul is going to throw a dope ass party we're going to play that out and then whew, then we make the assault to the surface and it gets nasty boys and girls i'm very curious to see what happens next session very curious it is spicy in there anyway everybody <laughs> let's uh let's listen to a couple calls all right East. Let's listen to
2: calls. Hey Joe, listening to your show on the way home, I had to stop it after you responded to John. John does, John and large does that blog. He, the Red Dice Diaries is definitely media, is achieved media baron status. It's a media empire, so. Yeah, he, he's got a blog, YouTube channel, podcast, he's got all the things. And, uh, he's pretty great. Anyhow, let me go see what you're going to give me a hard time about in your latest episode. Great hearing you talk about the Wrath of the Righteous game. I'm looking forward to playing again with you. It'll be tomorrow at the time of the call. You know, the dreams were cool, and the way you catered them for the characters were really cool. I'm waiting for you to do a real nightmare, though, where you have to reach into wrestling history and pull out where Mae West, or not Mae West, Mae Young, Gave birth to Mark Henry's child, a big hand. I don't know if you remember that or ever saw that, but yeah, that that was very odd. But anyway, happy belated birthday, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Okay, first
1: off, I need to extend my deepest, humblest apologies to Baron John Allen Large. I was unaware of his media empireness. I did not know of the blog. My apologies, my liege. Please show me mercy. Uh, You are the baron of your empire for sure, dude. (laughs) Yeah. And dude, Jason, me give you a hard time on this show? No. Never. I would never. I'll say that for the other people. (laughs) But I hope you enjoyed the nightmare I crafted for you. I did try and go back in wrestling history a little bit. You know, Snuka, he's from the 80s. And he's a total badass. I hope you enjoyed Snooka. I hope you think that was cool. I thought it was cool. And the whole bit between Randor Savage Fist and Miss Elsbit, You know, Miss Elizabeth. I don't know if you... I'm sure you picked that up. But, yeah, man. Wrestling. Like I stopped watching wrestling when it was still WWF. Right when The Undertaker first came in. Like... Right away, I was like, nah, I don't, this shit isn't for me anymore. That's pretty much when I got out of it. But I've absolutely, (laughs) I've seen a clip of what you were talking about with that chick giving birth to the ham. Oh, man, the 70s and 80s are the jam for wrestling. Even some of the early 90s stuff. But the 70s and 80s for sure, yeah, man, wrestling. (laughs) Anyway, dude. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you're in the game. It seems like the group is really starting to gel, which I like. And the reason I say that is cuz today today there was some good-natured ribbing going on between more than just me and Jason. Between it was more than just Jason giving me grief about everything I did. <laughs> in the best way possible, but there was also some friendly shade being thrown about player skill and not calling out traps if your character finds a trap. So it was going around. And that's when you know a group is starting to get comfortable with each other. They're really starting to like each other is when people can flip shit to each other. And everybody knows kind of the limits and stuff. And you're feeling all that stuff out. You know, because these folks in this group, they don't know each other very well. Like some of them do, but some of not everybody. And it's it, it warms my heart that everyone's starting to kinda get a feel for each other and just kinda start to relax and be their more be their more natural selves. I can't I can't wait till we're way deep into this campaign and seeing where it goes. But anyway, man, up next, yeah, we got some calls from Carl Rodriguez coming up next. So listeners, let me set the stage cast your minds back to a couple episodes where Carl was talking about the mud sorcerer's tomb adventure. He had read in dungeon magazine and he said it was for a D and D. And then in my next episode, there was a call in from Jason who had to make a correction because it couldn't have been for a D and D because it was in dungeon magazine and it was for D and D 3.0. And so I didn't know. I said, Carl, Carl, can you use your academic researching skills to answer this question? And Carl, he came through, man. Carl came through. So, dude, what edition
0: was Mud Sorcerer's Tomb for? So, the origin of the Mud Sorcerer's Tomb, it was actually a, a adventure module in Dungeon Magazine way back and it is done for first edition. Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Now, they've redone it a few times. They've done it for 3.5 and probably 5e, I believe. I thought it was like in their latest dungeon, but it's been a while since since that particular adventure has been out. But originally it was AD&D, not 3.5 or 5e Dungeons and Dragons. In fact, the Mud Sorcerer's Tomb was written originally for Dungeon number 37, And actually, I was like, kind of looking on some of the forums, well, the 5e forums, and how many people in the 5e forums are like, oh, this is the worst adventure ever. It tries to screw you. It's like the troll adventure. It's like Tomb of Horrors. Well, then they don't like Tomb of Horrors either, right? That they feel it's a troll adventure, that even when you get the treasure, the treasure is bad, I guess. So just uh, not for everyone, but, you know, in Dungeon 116, when they listed the top adventures in Dungeon Magazine history, it was up there. It might have even been number one. So, there you go, Mud Sorcerer's Tomb for AD&D from Dungeon number thirty-seven. Originally, they've tried to redo it for uh, D&D three five and uh, D&D five, but it hasn't had the reception it did way back in AD&D days. Imagine that.
1: Hmm. Mm. So yeah, it was for first edition AD&D. Okay. Thank you, Carl. My question would be, uh, when did Paizo take over running, running Dungeon Magazine? That's my question because I know it was before they started Pathfinder, but I just don't know how long before. Were they, they couldn't have been running Dungeon way back then, could they? That would surprise me. But dude, thank you so much for that call, Carl. Uh, thank you for answering, for correcting the correction. You know, we like to get facts straight here on this show. (laughs) People come here for the hard-hitting truth. Uh, Yeah, man. I appreciate that, Carl. Thanks very much, dude. What's next? I don't know. Maybe getting out of here. Maybe not. Let's find out. Yep, it's just me getting out of here yeah what a day it's been a great day played an awesome session of wrath made a great meatloaf used my meat thermometer for the first time and that worked all right except i gotta figure out how to sync it up to my phone and bluetooth because right now it gives the temperatures in celsius (laughs) so i'm constantly okay what's 155 degrees in celsius sweet thanks okay 68.3 by the way uh 155 degrees Fahrenheit is 68.3 degrees Celsius. And that's what the meatloaf needed to be cooked internally to. So it's still juicy and moist, but thoroughly cooked. And yeah, it turned out really good, man. Just made a little simple glaze. Just some um, a nice brand of pureed tomatoes with a little sriracha and ketchup in there. It was Cron de Leon, dude. Bomb.com. It was really good, and there's plenty left for some meatloaf sandwiches tomorrow. Yeah, now I'm just kind of chilling out and watch the Warriors win close game against the Lakers. So that was dope, dude. It's always fun to see the Warriors win, and it's even more fun to watch them beat the Lakers. And now I'm just gonna chill out for the rest of the night. Got no prep to do, <sighs> got nowhere to go. So yeah, just kind of kick it. Everybody, thank you so much to Carl and Jason for the messages boys i love it keep them coming anyone else out there who wants to call in you're welcome to no, i'm not i'm not shy i'll play it dude oh that's me smelling my essential oils my lemon essential oils i got my lapis lazuli i don't know how to say that word that's in my pocket and until next time everybody peace out What's up everybody welcome back to hide sightless the sporadic podcast where i talk about life role-playing games or whatever else might be running around inside of my head but mostly role-playing games because sometimes they get witchy I want to add that the thumbnail for this episode was from the inside of book one of Wrath of the Righteous. Uh, The World Wound Incursion is the name of the book. And when I tried to find out the interior artists who drew it, it listed, I don't know, maybe 10 interior artists. So you'll see in my show notes, I've included all of their names. I didn't ask for permission. I'm not making money off of this show. Uh, So if they hate it, they can ask me to take it down. But I just wanted to give them credit because I think it's an amazing picture of Chief Soul. Thanks.